rolling. Welcome to the new mic. In fucking filmcraft. <laughs> we got the new mic, but it's the same mic. We have a new podcast mic. That is the exact same one as the old podcast mic, so it doesn't sound like or feel like a new podcast mic. It's kind of shinier, though. Yeah, but it's going to sound exactly the same, so the viewers don't really get any benefit <laughs> from this. All right, what are we talking about this week, Latif? I'm going to touch on locations. Yeah, we're going to do a recap, recap slash tiny recap. little part two. There's adding a bit. I don't want to recap anything. No? No, you just listen to the last episode. You know, I was listening to uh, script notes today, actually. And they were talking about, if anyone hasn't, by the way, if anyone ha- doesn't listen to script notes, as soon as you listen to this, turn it off, listen to script notes. Amazing podcast. But uh, they were talking about the, when you watch a TV show and it's like, last week on whatever, and it gives you that little recap, and they're talking about how much they love it. Mm-hmm. What's your take on it? I hate those. Like, I really hate those. I never watch them. On TV shows. Yeah. It's like previously on, and then it'll show you the important parts that you need to know to watch this episode. Uh, so, like, last season, um, character one, bitch slapped character two. I haven't seen that. You don't watch Game of Thrones, do you? No. No, I don't watch it either, but apparently it's on Game of Thrones all the time, and that's one of the reasons they're bringing it up. Yeah, I haven't seen those recaps in a long time, so. Yeah, and you don't miss them, eh? No, not really. No. I, I was, always got really frustrated seeing them because it would be like, like I said, character one slaps character two, like a season ago. And you're like, well, great. Now I know half of what's going to happen in this episode. So for me, it always kind of ruined part of it. You mean that they're going to go back and touch on that scenario? Yeah, and build on it and whatnot. Right. Like it took the element of surprise away for me. Uh, I, I mean, it depends. Like, sometimes they just literally show you what happened in the episode beforehand. I know, like, in the OC, they did that a lot. Yeah? yeah. I never watched that one. Yeah, I saw the OC. Yeah? Eh? Good? Uh, I, I, I mean, I saw, like, two seasons, but it was, like, right, right when I got access to the remote control and I started watching things that <laughs> were not cartoons. And I was like, this is cool. They're adults, but they're not adults. It's edgy and teen. It's edgy, they're fighting. I wonder how that would hold up now. Do you think it would be painfully 2000s? Yeah. No, I don't think it would be great to watch now. No, I agree. Alright, so yeah, let's jump into locations. Uh, We were going to try and touch on this last week, but I think we went a little long. So the last thing we want to talk about in locations is how to fake one location to be two or even more locations. Yeah. Um... This idea largely came from that meeting we were talking about earlier, Latif. We went to a meeting at a production house, and they shared a story with us where their first feature film, I think it had something like 22 locations or something like that. They shot it over two weeks, I was, I'm pretty sure. And um, I just remember asking him, like, if you know you could take what you know now and go back and apply it to that, what would you do? He's like, dude, it's so easy. To go in a room, look left, film something, and then turn to the right and make it feel like a completely different location. So you just slice your location numbers down. And uh, we did that a little bit on this newest movie. Yeah, we used a couple locations to act as other ones. Yeah, having said that, it wasn't as simple as go in, turn left, then turn right. Um, We really 
scouted these locations and knew them, and we felt that every way we were turning to fake into a different location felt like a different location. It wasn't like we were really pushing the boundaries, I don't think, at least. Um, So we did it with two locations in the movie, so two making four, because we doubled each of them. Uh, When we first talked about it, how did you feel about it? Did you feel confident we could pull it off? Was there any reservations in your mind? Or should we just start by saying like what they were and what we faked them into, just to give them a frame of reference? Well, the house was one of them. I remember we used the house yeah. as a character's home, and then also as a place where a party happens. Yeah, so basically we used, the, like Latif said, the actual house as a character's home, as well as the kind of back door of it we used as an actual door but then if you cut off the left side of the frame there's a backyard to the left of that and we turned around and shot a different scene in that backyard Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's what it was how did you feel when we first started talking about that and if it could be done well it just made things easier because we were having a hard time finding a place to live for that character because we knew we wanted to do that um thing in the backyard now mm-hmm. um, so it was just a matter of if we use this backyard then the part away from the house has to be used as the main location yep and we need to make sure we never see the house yep and in terms of just lighting too it would be keeping all the as much light as you can off the house so it's darker as well so you know we made sure the porch light was off and you couldn't really tell what was back there just from like the camera angle so yeah and we also tried to never face it with the camera as well directly no yeah it was out it was always either looking away from it or looking into the ground like down into the grass so you yeah. can really see where the house mm. um yeah let's back up a quick second though like when we when we first started talking about that and the house we used was my house so obviously and we shot party stories there so we know that space inside out to side very very well mm-hmm. when we threw the the idea out of we'll fake this into lo- two locations did you were you confident in it or were you like ah maybe that wouldn't work no I, I think I was pretty on board with that I wasn't too worried about it because like if you never show it in, in like a establishing shot or anything it would mm-hmm. be very difficult for anyone to put it together so I wasn't too worried about uh, using that place. So if one of our fans got a hold of you and said, I'm thinking of doing this exact same thing. If fans? I hope so. <laughs> or listeners, maybe. Well, I hope we I have like at least two fans. fans. I think if anyone's a fan of me, they've really got to set their bar higher. <laughs> sweatpants right now please it's true choose someone else to be a fan of it'd be great if someone came up to you on the street one day like are you the chief yeah oh I'm such a big fan of yours oh god <laughs> why I'd probably try to fight him <laughs> if you told me he was my fan anyways yeah one of our listeners comes up to you says hey I'm thinking of doing this exact same thing what are some of the things I should look out for like what is something that if they had this you think they wouldn't be able to fake it into two locations well 
for example, if around the yard you wanted to shoot in, there was a very distinct purple fence. Mm-hmm. You probably can't get around that. Or if there was like a good, I don't know, Ferris wheel in your backyard, that probably would cause big problems too. So, so basically, it's one of the, it's the idea of if you're gonna catch something in your frame that you can't avoid in frames at both locations, that's what's gonna give it away. Yeah, for the most part, unless you can get rid of it with visual effects. Or chop the tree down. Or, yeah, or set the Ferris wheel on fire. <laughs> that would be super badass. Yeah. I mean, but then you just have a giant flaming Ferris wheel in your backyard. <laughs> That's kind of cool, though. So, yeah, on, on the whole for faking two or one location into two mm-hmm. like the I think the biggest things we looked for was do both halves of this location feel different enough to feel like their own slash is it a big enough and workable space that we can essentially cut one of the walls off with movie magic mm-hmm. and make it appear as if they're not the same, right? Mm-hmm. What was the other location? I can't remember. The restaurant. So this oh, restaurant, yeah, yeah. yeah, this restaurant we found, um, there's a restaurant and a bar mm-hmm. in the movie. And initially, I just went to this restaurant to check it out for the restaurant location, but it was really unique in the sense that you walked into the, the front door. There was a wall going pretty well the entire way down the middle of the restaurant and the left side happened to look almost completely different than the right side. Yeah. Yeah. The wall looked different. Yeah, so I remember walking in there and being like, oh my god. Like, it almost was telling you to use it as two different locations, which is fantastic in a lot of ways because A, we could fake it and that would cut an entire company move out of our entire shoot, which is huge, especially when you have no money. Um... You would cut tons of time out as well. Like you have everything there. I, I mean, that yeah. kind of falls under company move, and just logistically, it makes it so much easier. Plus, you only have to deal with like one landlord the entire time, and if she's cool, which mm-hmm. she happened to be, then you know you're gonna luck out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember leaving the meeting, checking out that place. And calling you and saying, Latif, I think we can fake this into both. And when I sent you the pictures, what vibe did you get? Was it similar to the house where you're like, yeah, we can pull this off, no problem? Or did you have a bit of a different vibe? I couldn't tell from the pictures. Yeah. But until I actually was in the place, it was difficult for me to really uh, see what you're talking about. Until I saw the bar and then saw the restaurant and saw how the wall um, in between kind of separated the rooms and, you know, the... On one side of the restaurant, is they've got like a painted like blue stripes on the wall, and the other side is completely different. Yeah. Um, so they do look very different, but we'd also have to light them differently, and um, eventually it it all worked out. But mm-hmm. it was just a matter of like uh, which part of the restaurant I was shooting, and um, also one one side was night and one side was day. That yeah, that's a huge difference. That's well. the next thing I'm going to bring up because we did the same thing with the house in the backyard as well. Yeah. One 
we predominantly shot at day. The other we so, shot at night. Yeah. And I think just that alone l- ends up selling it so much more. Yeah. Um, now, I don't really know lighting that well, but I'll let you talk a little bit about how you went about lighting or cutting light from those locations to make them feel different. Well, like shooting in the restaurant scene, you know, we've got these big, giant square windows, and there's no shades or anything on them, so just light blasts them through the windows. Um, so we place the actors kind of facing each other on the table, and we use the, the big windows kind of as the key light. Um, and then when we went to the bar sequence, it was much moodier. We had like overhead lights over the bar. Then we used like blue fluorescent keno tubes and we just wrapped them in color gels. So I had like a kind of a midnight blue but also a warmer um, overhead lighting. And then the bar um, had a completely different feel from the other side of the space. Um, one thing I'll touch on real quick too um, working this into production schedule, like I said, it saves you a company move and whatnot. But actually, I think we ended up gaining a lot more than that because. It was really great for the restaurant location in the sense that we showed up. The restaurant stuff was at during the day, so we showed up at like what five, and we had yeah. sunlight until nine thirty. So yeah. we shot five to nine, eight thirty nine, I think it was. Then moved all our lights, moved everyone around for yeah half hour, hour, and then by the time we did that, it was pitch black. So, in terms of you win in a lot of ways. You win in terms of you only have to pay for one location and you get two. You win in terms of when you look at it that way, if you like you're not always gonna be able to fit it in that way in the day, but if you can, it's so much easier. Like so much easier. And see there's three or see whatever you want to call it, there's so much less organization. Like you just tell everyone, show up here. Yeah. the end <laughs> it's the best I would definitely recommend it if you get the opportunity to do it yeah. and then for the house and the backyard how did you again they were night and day but how did you light them differently we didn't use any lights during the house during the daytime oh yeah we didn't eh no it was like did you diffuse anything just about to set no the sun was just about to set and we had a little bit of daylight left so it was kind of in the right position, pointing at the house mm-hmm. um, from the side. So when the character walked in the scene, it was already kind of lit pretty naturally. So yeah. didn't really do anything on that. Um, and for the night, uh, oh, actually no, we did we did use the house when uh, the actor came down the stairs and they met up for that little. Oh yeah, that was nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. I did do some lighting for the night scene there. So how'd you do that? Um, we used the HMI. I threw that up way in the back of the yard and pointed it at the house. Um, I kind of front lit the, the actors, which is not... Ideal. I mean, it's not normal, because mm-hmm. you'll get very flat lighting, but what I did is I dimmed the HMI down and I put like blue gel on it. It was already daylight, so it just made it look a, a little... It gave a hint of like a, a moonlight blue mm-hmm. thing, which I don't normally do a lot because I don't really like that look. But for this scene, it uh, it really played nicely because the light came through the trees and just had a little bit of um, glow. 
Yeah, it had a little bit of edge onto the shadows of the scene because mm. all we had was like the porch light, and I had there's some tons of sunlights behind the actors. And then when we did the backyard party scene, we used uh, we built a little stage, and we used the HMI and then a bunch of LEDs and some fluorescent tubes. Yeah, we should actually post a picture of this because I think this is an interesting little setup. Yeah, setup and kind of examination of how to use. Like, we built those lights into the scene practically. Yeah. And I think it really helped because we have, like, this pretty big concert going on. Yeah. And if we were to say, how do we light this if we don't want anyone to see anything? It's like, well, why wouldn't we want to? There's a stage. There's speakers. There should be lights. So you on can stage. use that to your advantage, right? Yeah. Um, actually, one other thing that I just realized is we faked that backyard into, or house and backyard, into three sets when they're watching the fireworks. Yeah. 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 And this is something that's just really super easy. So, like, if you ever... This particular shot is two characters watching fireworks. And all we got was straight bird's eye view above them, looking down at them. And when you really stop to break it down, like, we're not getting... We didn't get a wide shot with them physically watching fireworks. So they're never in the same frame as the fireworks. No. And if you're only getting the bird's eye view, when you really think of it, it's like, well, what do you need? It's like, grass. It's like, well, I got that in my backyard. We don't need to go anywhere to shoot that. And uh, have you told the story of the fireworks lighting on the podcast before? No, I don't think so. <laughs> this is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. And so I'm going to let... My lighting setup? Yeah, I'm going to let Latif tell this story. Well, for the most part, most of the lighting and, and logistical stuff for the film is kind of you know, mapped out. The only thing I never really uh, thought about, because I always thought, like, oh, we'll get to it when we do, mm. is how I was going to do the lighting for the fireworks scene, where the actors are lying down in the grass. In all fairness, though, we did study the way light looked on people as I fireworks knew went off. looked already. And I remember oh. you showed me the video, and you're like, I didn't know it looked like that. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Have you never looked at someone during fireworks? No, I'm looking at the fireworks, man. No, that's exactly what you said. Um, so I kind of knew what it, what fireworks would look like on someone's face when we did it. So when we got to the backyard, I actually didn't like practice this at all. So Yeah, and we were first, super rushed, too. Yeah, we were kind of punched for time, but I just kind of figured, let me throw these these LED lights up. They have dimmers on them. We'll, we'll mimic the... Tell them how you told me, though. I was like, Matt, basically throw them up. Boom, boom, fireworks. <laughs> they go up, they go down, fireworks. And he's like, okay. And, uh, yeah, I, that's kind of what we did, though, and it worked. Yeah, I mean, turn light on, turn light off. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple times in this movie, actually, where, like, it was strange for me in the sense of, like, I was doing other things, so I couldn't really direct. Mm -hmm. Like, in this scene, for the lighting, the fireworks, we had two lights, and they were on dimmers, and yeah. we'd make them go up, and we'd make them go down. And I was like, oh, I can, I can dim and undim lights and direct. But what I learned when we were filming it was Victor was the guy, or... The gaffer. Yeah, our gaffer. He was uh, doing the other light, and I had to basically stare into Victor's eyes and be like, and, uh... Bend down, and it's like I can't look at the actors. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> this happened uh, on Monday. I was shooting a music video. Mm. I used the same lights, and we had to do this uh, for fireworks. Damn, no, it was just like uh, special effects lighting for a shot. Mm -hmm. And so we had to do the same thing, and it's like I, I had to give a friend like orders to 
dim and undimmed the lights for like a uh, music video to match the timing of the beat because mm-hmm. I want to use that in the edit yeah it's such a hard time doing it and so it's like <laughs> oh it seems like such simple things like flick it up and down to the drums or the piano yeah and you couldn't get the timing so you did it no it's, I was like whatever I'll cut it together <laughs> but uh, yeah it's a challenging task because those demos take a whole spin to go up and down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things you'd think it's quite easy, but there's there's rhythm to it. Yeah, I mean, it's like some focus pullers when they're pulling focus on the big cinema lenses, they have to. The lenses are are so uh, the circumference is so big that you have to turn them all the way, so it requires your your wrist to go in a complete circle to actually you know who they should hire to be that focus puller inspector gadget you would be great at that (laughs) infinite so instead of solving crime pull focus on films (laughs) perfect i remember did you see the live action inspector gadget no the one from like the late 90s or early 2000s what are you talking about with ferris bueller yeah (laughs) i remember i watched it when i was a kid and my brother he, he doesn't listen to our podcast because he doesn't have the internet because he's a redneck, so he's never going to hear this. But uh, he he's four and a half years younger than me, and we saw it with the family. And there's a scene where Ferris Bueller becomes <laughs> Inspector Gadget, and it's like a, a surgery kind of scene. But, you know, it's a kid's movie, so it's filmed like hokey. Like, mm-hmm. there's a slinky that goes into him and, like, tennis balls or whatever, right? Jeez. And as a kid, I'm like, oh... The movie ended, and my brother was mortified <laughs> by the surgery scene. Like, just scarred by it. Like, slinky and all that, like, freaked him out? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, in all fairness, he was probably, like, four or five. Oh, okay. But, yeah, that was funny. Um, so, one other question that comes to mind. We're talking about, like, how to light locations and... And one thing we talked about, we go to a beach for a very major sequence, and we talked about lighting a lot, how to light this beach scene. And it really informed how we shot it. Because you remember, originally, we were talking about doing this long sequence shot where a character pulls up to the beach in a car, gets out of the car, we walk with him down to the beach, there's people at the beach, and the whole thing was just one shot. And then... The reason we didn't do that was because filming at Magic Hour, which we did, the backyard, which we just talked about, when you didn't like the actors, you get a very limited amount of time. Like, you get, what, half hour, 45 minutes to film? Yeah. So we realized that this beach sequence is huge. We're going to need a lot more time than, than that. So to do this entire beach shot in a sequence, one shot, we would need gels that were, like... 80 feet long by 20 feet high. Gels, diffusion. Diffusion, sorry. And that was something we just didn't have. So can you talk a little bit about how you let lighting dictate your scene when you have no money and when to choose at which time of day to shoot things? Yeah, at the beach, when there's like basically just sun blasting onto the... So this directly overhead. Yeah, onto the actors and stuff. You've got to really think about blocking actors and stuff because I know Matt wanted to do this shot where we just kind of follow the actor from the car all the way onto the spot on the beach and I was like that would be impossible 
Um, not because like you can't just shoot that because you could just shoot it and yeah. expose it properly and it looks fine but the reference references that we talked about I showed you the beach scene in the master yes and, and that was huge I really liked that mm-hmm. look and everything but it was hard sunlight hitting the actors yeah it and wasn't it like a very hard shadow on the dark side of his face yeah so like I remember when we talked about this uh, we've talked about our reference movies for the movie we just did a lot and like we were going for more romantic lighting and that entails not a sun pounding the crap out of you the entire time so like you don't want a lot of harsh shadows so anyone that's listening to this just pause it and look up the master beach scene you'll see what uh, we mean and then look up the beach scene from her and you'll see how it's lit differently um so when we want to talk about this it's like if we choose to do this long sequence you're gonna get this really really hard kind of for what we're doing it would be interpreted as nasty lighting right no it it looked fine um it would just be very dramatic mm-hmm. i just don't know if that's what you're looking for um so my recommendation was like oh we'll do it a little more like her where it's softer light there aren't like super hard shadows on their faces yeah. but it will limit the movement of the actors we can't have the and movement. the camera yeah we can't have like everything like moving around so much so if we're gonna shoot this we need to block out certain um scenes into like uh, close uh, areas on the beach mm-hmm. where we can cover a certain amount of space so that's what we did up until we had um, a kind of magic hour where the sun was day it wasn't even magic hour luckily there were some clouds on that uh, sunny day but they're just kind of drifting in and out mm-hmm. and it ha- happened to land on the perfect time where as the sun was setting they were hitting right behind the actors so they were backlit really nicely and during that we ran around and did a bunch of like montage stuff yeah which is beautiful it's some of the most gorgeous stuff in the movie I think yeah for sure um but until that when the sun was kind of sitting on top of the actors we'd have to position them where I could put um uh the diffusion on top of them so it wouldn't hit them so hard in the head um but also bring in like a floppy to create some negative fill on the sides for the coverage and stuff but for the most part you've just got to look at the face of the actors and and see if there's enough exposure. What if, um, you know, they're modeled right on the face? And and for some white judge, you just have to kind of let it go um, and bounce a little bit of light onto them just to see. But, you know, again, be be generous with this stuff and, and not go crazy and be like, let's get that silver reflector right in there. <laughs> and it just looks like, you know, there's like a flashlight on an actor's face or something. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think... I think I covered this stuff on a different episode, didn't I? Did we? I might have just made a post about it on my Instagram. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, about lighting for like outdoor stuff. But um, in any case, we'll, we'll come back to that in the future episode. Yeah. And go more in depth in, in, on it later. Yeah, totally. Well, I'll tell you what. That seems like a good place to to get this episode done. I think we've... Uh, We've hit our quota for locations, and we're running a decent length now. So, yeah, this has been Filmcraft. I like this episode. I think this one went well. Yeah, we talked about stuff. (laughs) Rather than just sitting here and be like, how's your day? That's what we should do for, like, a special episode. Just, how's your day, Matt? Pretty good? Yeah, me too. I didn't let you answer. I started (laughs) rambling. Uh, 
But yeah, just been Filmcraft uh, locations part two, I guess. Yeah, part two follow up. Yeah, and it's brought to you by Pippa, Pippa.io podcast hosting service. They're awesome and cheap. Check them out. See you next week.